What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and yes, I know it's been a while, but instead of boring you about, you know, like where I've been and all that, we're going to hop right into the fun because um, if you're a Sixers fan right now, you haven't even needed my podcast. Let's be honest. The team is entertaining enough, but nonetheless, we are back to get you absolutely fired up for the rest of this playoff run. So without further ado, let's get started, and before we even get into the playoff run, I would just like to say how happy I am for Joel Embiid, for the organization and everyone. Joel Embiid was named the NBA's most valuable player. Of course, it was very well deserved, but an awesome honor nonetheless. Uh, I was actually in attendance for the game where they gave Joel the MVP. I'll get to that in a minute, but it was a great moment seeing him with his son. You know, it's really a culmination of everything uh, for me in my entire lifetime of watching the Sixers and the process and everything. um, It was just really nice to see that moment take place and see the team and the organization and everyone's so happy for Embiid. He's worked so hard. He deserves it. Seeing all the interviews and everything, you know, if you don't love him, (laughs) you do now. I mean, Joel Embiid, just congratulations, and I'm so happy for him. It was really just a great thing to see. But nonetheless, let's jump into the playoffs. And since we're already so far into the second round, just going to give a little quick, brief uh, recap of the first round. Of course, everyone knows Sixers swept the Nets without, you know, the Nets kind of imploded midway through the season. Sixers took full advantage. A good series from Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. Uh, Joel Embiid was being heavily double teamed, very, playing very aggressive on him up until the point where he actually suffered a pretty bad knee injury, was forced to miss game four of the series. Luckily, the Sixers were still able to close it out. And Embiid missed the first game of the Boston series. Um, and was slow to get back in that second game. But, um, you know, quick recap again. Not going to spend too much time in the early games of the series, but game one without Embiid, um, James Harden had maybe his best playoff game in his entire career. Um, people saying he's washed. He said, uh, watch this, 45 points, 17 for 30 from the field, 7 for 14 from three. Of course, the huge game winner. Uh, he had some help. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, 26 points. Tobias, 18. Melton, 17. Actually, sniper in the first half of that game. And Paul Reed finished with a double-double, 10 points and 13 boards in his start with um, two pairs of clutch free throws. So uh, that was obviously a very encouraging game. Um, maybe my favorite game game I've ever watched as a Sixers fan at the time uh, that that game was played, uh, which might or may not imply that there's been even better games since then, but absolutely amazing start to the series. And this game, game one, really gave me hope for the series. I think it gave a lot of Sixers fan hope. You know, it felt like a a quick series with Embiid injured. We've seen this happen before last year in Miami, even against Atlanta when we lost in seven games. Joel Embiid was not fully healthy, which was a huge reason, but it kind of seemed like that was going to happen again. However, that game one win was absolutely huge. And then, of course, Joel Embiid comes back in game two, and we lose by about 35 points. So not the most ideal, but kind of expected. You don't expect Boston to go down a 0-2 on their home floor. Expect them to make kind of a statement. So, you know, going back to Philly 1-1, you know, it's a positive for pretty much any Sixers fan. You expect to be down 0-2, to have that 1-1, to have a chance now with Embiid healthy to come and steal maybe even a 3-1 lead if you're able to take care of business at home would be phenomenal. But, of course, we know that did not happen because in Game 3, while Joel Embiid was back, James Harden and Tyrese Maxey really, really, um, I mean, just did not play well is, is the nicest way I can say that. James Harden shot 3 for 14, Maxey 4 for 16. James Harden looked so disoriented on the court. He didn't know how to handle the ball. He was passing it over people's heads, was not finding the open man, and he just looked rattled, which is a little interesting in, his, in the first home game of the series. But you know what? 
It was a tough one. James Harden won us that game one pretty much single-handedly. Of course, no, he did have some help, but he was the key factor in that win. So give him a little bit of a break, I guess. But that was really frustrating to watch that game and see because that really was a winnable game. Boston was not playing their best basketball. 35% from three, shot 16 for 45, only 44 from the field. So not terrible, but there was definitely... Um, some room for improvement, a lot of loose balls that went their way that really shouldn't have, um, a lot of things that the Sixers could have definitely done better. This wasn't one of those cases where the Celtics just felt like the better team. It just felt like the Sixers really beat themselves in this one, which is obviously very frustrating. When you're in a series against such a good team and they're not playing up to their max potential, you really want to try to steal every single win that you can. So yeah, a little disappointing to see that loss. However, game four, Everyone's hoping for a bounce back. They hop out to like a 16, 18 point lead. And then the Doc Rivers effect seems to be happening. Um, the Celtics claw back in. And then late in the fourth quarter, they look like they've, they've got the game almost in wraps. They were up, what, five points at times. PJ Tucker had an absolutely gigantic put back and one layup to get the team fired up to put us back in that game and right after his and one layup you don't see pj tucker celebrating you don't see pj you know like whatever you see him go up to joel Embiid and yell at him he is telling him you are dominant you need to go be aggressive you're better than al horford no one can guard you on this court and that is true leadership i mean look i'm not going to be one of the million people who tells you this because you know by now But P.J. Tucker is the best role player in the NBA. He is worth his money for moments like these where he can go and just make this absolutely huge basket in a huge spot in the series. You know, at the end of the day, if you lose this game um, being down 3-1, going back to Boston, not looking too good for you, uh, of course. But an absolute gigantic play from P.J. in this one. However... The real star who I have yet to mention is James Harden once again going for 42 points, 8 boards, 9 assists. Keep in mind, James Harden has never scored 40 points with the Sixers before the series. And then he just does it twice casually. So absolutely ridiculous. James Harden showing up on the biggest stage. Um, talk about redemption. I mean, with that terrible Game 3, does more than makes up for it in Game 4. And an interesting stat from this one is this is the first time that a teammate of Joel Embiid has scored 40-plus points while he was playing on the Sixers. And that is terrifying because Joel Embiid has been here for so long. He drafted in 2014. Uh, Of course, missed two years, but still 2016 to 2023. This is the first time a teammate of his scored 40 in a game he was in. So um, just shows you the lack of star power Embiid has had around him. But anyway, um, just an absolutely crazy game from Harden. He was taking over. He was the reason that we really got to overtime along with that PJ bucket, uh, just making, you know, driving left and right, being aggressive, attacking, looking like the Harden of old, and of course hitting that floater to send us to overtime. Then we get to overtime, and James Harden continues to dominate. Of course, um, you know, just a couple seconds left, about 20 seconds on the clock, Sixers down by two. Joel Embiid is struggling in the fourth quarter in overtime. Al Horford almost has him in jail, which is just brutal, honestly. Al Horford locking him up, and I was sitting... Two rows back from Tito Horford, Al's father and his family, and they were loving it. Celtics fans around him were loving it, and it was just a brutal feeling as a Sixers fan to watch the man you paid $110 million to and then eventually just had to trade for a pile of nothing. You got Danny Green, and you had to give a first for that just to get rid of the contract. Um, To watch him now dominating your MVP uh, and maybe ending the series was just brutal to watch. However, he missed a huge three in the corner. Marcus Smart missed a huge three to send it to, actually to win the game before sending it to overtime. So 
that was really nice to see the two probably most hated players on the Celtics for, by these Sixers fans um, come up short in the moments that maybe could have put the series away and watching James Harden absolutely go to work. You know, there's so much speculation around James Harden. If he's going to leave next year, what's going on? And you know what? James Harden says, well, let's just worry about this year and let me win you two games in the playoffs. Not single-handedly, but very much so being the best player on the court. In addition, Joel Embiid had 34 points and 13 rebounds. Safe to say the big fellow was back in this one. Um, he actually did not have any blocks, so you know those that the first game he was back. That's pretty much all he was doing in five blocks in the first half. They did get blown out, but um, they pretty much just had him anchored down in the paint. But by this game four, he seemed to be moving around pretty well, and that was a huge win. And as I mentioned, um, you know with with just 20 seconds on the clock. Ball goes into Joel Embiid, who was struggling all half. So instead of trying to, you know, force something, make something happen that did wasn't there, he drew the double team, kicked it out to Harden in the corner, who was red hot. And of course, James Harden from the corner drills it. Bang. Sixers up one. Celtics final possession. Missoula ops no timeout. And they drive down. Tatum kicks it out to Smart. Smart drills the deep three. And he was late. Sixers pull out the win and stay alive in the series. 2-2. This game will be looked at under a microscope from both teams. Sixers, you if you're at home with a 16-point lead, you can't choke it. However, the way that they were able to play team ball and close out the game and not let that rattle them was fantastic. Celtics fought back, which was impressive, but the fact that they had their team in that position with that much momentum and were still not able to come up with the win, even though it wasn't a away game, um, that gave the Sixers a lot of momentum, maybe even more momentum than if they were to just keep their lead all game. And whether or not you believe that, it's up to you, but it showed in Game 5. Sixers come to Boston. Me and probably every other Sixers fan's expectation is blowout. You know, Boston's not losing two in a row, especially coming. They already lost the game at home. They're locked in. They're ready. The crowd's going to be bumping, um, you know, in the Garden. And it's just in the Boston Garden, of course. Um, And all of a sudden... Sixers come out firing, and I'm I'm watching this game, and I was not even the little least bit excited for the first quarter, if I'm going to be honest. Despite that they were up like they were up nine at half, Joel Embiid was playing phenomenal. Tyrese Maxey, uh, Tobias Harris, James Harden, the whole team was pretty locked in. But despite that, as a Sixers fan, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to the full team, everyone playing well. I'm like, this has got to be a fluke. So you know, I couldn't get myself excited until it was the late third quarter, and the Sixers were up 16, and I'm like, wait a minute. Sixers up 16 points, and every single player is contributing, including Danwell House Jr., who's getting his first real minutes of the series, and he went for 10 points and played phenomenal defense and was a huge spark on the bench. So just shout out to Doc Rivers for that adjustment. You know, something you don't really see from him is putting in a guy who doesn't see many minutes, and he absolutely shines in his minutes. was a huge reason that the Sixers were able to create this lead and eventually pull out the win. Two players scoring 30 in this one. Joel Embiid, of course, going for 33 points, seven boards, go along with his four blocks, an absolutely monstrous block on a fast break on Jalen Brown, that if the Sixers do end up winning this series, that will be one of the key moments, especially in Joel's career highlights, you know, against Boston in a big moment. Joel steps up absolutely huge, hustling his butt off on both ends of the court, and it has shown in a big way. The knee brace was taken off for this game five, so you know Joel meant business. So an incredible game for him. Additionally, Tyrese Maxey went for 30 points, go along with seven boards. But those 30 points from Tyrese, shooting 10 for 21 from the field, 6 for 12 from three, and hitting some very, very timely shots. He's received a lot of criticism, and rightfully so. He's had some rough games in this series and against the Celtics. Um, you know, just really as a whole this this season and his career. Um, before this game, 
He had a very good game one, as I mentioned, 26 points to go along with four steals. Then he went 13, 13, and 14. And for a guy averaging 20-plus who's this explosive and you need to step up in the playoffs, those were a really disappointing display of games, especially at home. You usually see the role player stepping up. And I'm not calling Tyrese Maxey a role player. He is a star player. However, that means more of like the non-Joel Embiid's. Um, of the world tend to shine brighter. We've seen Tyrese Maxey shine really bright in home games in the playoffs. Um, just look back at that Toronto 40 piece last year where he was absolutely cooking. So we didn't get either of those. However, he goes to Boston and says, let me silence the haters real quick. Hits some huge shots, is aggressive, makes smart plays, which he was not doing in the previous games. And to me, this is a Tyrese Maxey legacy game. And I'm not saying, oh, this is Tyrese Maxey showing he's one of the best players in the league. But this is Tyrese Maxey's message to Philadelphia, to the team, and to himself, showing, hey, I can win you a playoff game. And not that he won it by himself, of course, with, I mentioned, Embiid 33-7, and Tobias Harris double-doubled, James Harden at 17-8-10. and But Tyrese Maxey did more than his job. He had 30 points, and when you needed a big shot, they said, here you go, Tyrese, make a shot. And he did several, several times. So... Just to see this from Tyrese Maxey as a Sixers fan was was one of the honestly one of my favorite moments in my Sixers fandom. Um, you know, I'm 18 years old, so not that I've watched this team through the Allen Iverson years, Dr. J years. All I've experienced is pain, <laughs> and you know, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but um, I've I've went through the process. You know, that that's been my my whole entire life as a Sixers fan. And that's also included never making it out of the second round, whether it's from an Embiid injury, whether it's from Kevin Herter dropping 27 points in a game seven, whether it's, you know, whatever, whether it's Kawhi Leonard hitting the greatest shot maybe in NBA history. Of course, not going to forget to mention that one. But this is the best I've seen a Sixers team play in a seven game series in game in, in round two. Since I guess the Toronto series, I think the Sixers did play well up until the end of that game seven. But we had Jimmy Butler then, and and we had, you know, that was, in my opinion, the most talented roster the Sixers had. And now we got the MVP of the league to go along with a former MVP who is having games of showing flashes of his former self. Everyone seems to be dialed in and just really committed to the team. And I think Doc Rivers has played a big role in that. Of course, you know, there's a lot to criticize for Doc throughout the years. Blowing leads, blowing series, whatever you want to say. But it seems like Doc's really got this group working together, and they really, really do seem to care about each other, you know, whether it be the starters. You know, of course, you got the big four of Tobias and, and Maxi, Harden, and Bede, and then you got P.J. Tucker, who gels the team together. You know, he can yell in your face on the bench like he did to Paul Reed, like he did to Embiid in the game, and he is one of the only players that a player will sit there and take it. They will listen to every word P.J. has to say because he has his experience, and he is not going to talk about hustling, talk about working harder, talk about doing your absolute 100% on the court, and not give it to himself. He is always giving his all. He is getting those loose balls. He is playing his hardest defense. He is going, hustling everywhere. P.J. Tucker puts his handprint on the game. We've been known this. Okay, I'm done with my P.J. Tucker rants because... They're everywhere at this point. Every Sixers fan is ranting on social media about P.J. Tucker for a good reason. Because P.J. Tucker really is just a huge piece. And then you got guys on the bench. You got Paul Reed, who your MVP goes down, and Paul Reed says, you know what? Let me come out. Let me help you sweep in a game four. And then let me help you win a game one in Boston by hitting four huge free throws, playing some phenomenal defense, grabbing 13 boards. And to me, seeing a guy who was drafted 55th overall just a couple years ago, playing in the G League, being benched for DeAndre Jordan last year, who maybe was the worst center I've ever witnessed playing for the Sixers at, at some point. And he comes in and he takes a starting role when Embiid is hurt and absolutely exceeds all expectations. 
to me, that's what this team is all about. Seeing DeAnthony Melton come off, again, the bench scoring 17 points in that game one. He was just absolutely sniping. You know, there always seems to be one bench player or one role player who really has a good game. Um, And it would be nice to see consistency from all of them. But the fact that, you know, every night there's been a different guy, you know, Danwell House, this man has not gotten minutes this series. And that doesn't phase him. We've been running an eight-man rotation, especially for that game four where we barely squeaked it out. We had eight guys play, and one of those guys was Paul Reed who got six minutes. We had Tobias Harris, 45 minutes, Joel Embiid, 46, James Harden, 47, Maxi 44. When you got those guys playing those type of minutes, at some point, you're going to need a player to come off the bench and step up. And Danwell House, a fresh set of legs, says, you know what, guys? I got this. His number was called. You heard him say after the game. He said, my number was called. I had to step up. And boy, did he. I'm not going to do another Danwell rant, but... That was just really awesome to see, you know, and especially from a guy who really hasn't done much all year. And James Harden took a pay cut just so they could, I mean, of course they can get PJ. And then you, you get a guy like Danwell who helps you win the biggest game of the season at this point. And, you know, as a Sixers fan, you, you don't see this happen where every player on the team is stepping up and playing their role to the best of their ability. And it was just really, really nice to see a team take the lead, take command in the late first quarter, and keep that command led by Doc Rivers. You know, they had a good game plan. Uh, It helped the Celtics from missing shots, but the Sixers took control of the momentum, and they were able to win this game handedly and play strong throughout the whole game. So now to look ahead to tomorrow night, Game 6, in Wells Fargo Center. Sixers are coming back to Philly 3-2, 3-2, a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Final, where they most likely would go up against the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. And I don't even know where to start with this one. This is the most exciting game as a Sixers fan in this era you could possibly ask for. Against the Boston Celtics, a chance to put them away at home, to then play Jimmy Butler in the Conference Final, to then play whoever in the West in the Final. Look, I'm not looking too far ahead. I'm just looking at the track that any Eastern Conference team, if the Celtics come back and win, if the Sixers win this series, the Heat are able to win the Eastern Conference, whatever. Whichever team in the East wins is going up against a team in the West who does not have a clear favorite. You know, the Warriors are down 3-1 as we speak uh, to the Lakers. Um, the Lakers obviously a talented team, but they're not a surefire thing. The Suns are very talented. However, outside of Booker and KD, Chris Paul has been injured and not himself. DeAndre Ayton has been severely underwhelming. They have absolutely no depth. The Nuggets are a very talented team. Um, of course, that will be a tough battle. But on paper, the Sixers seem like they can beat pretty much anyone left in these playoffs, which is a really exciting thought and something I really don't feel often. I felt like going into this series, it was highly unlikely we beat Boston. And if we did, it would be a miracle. And it seemed like the way we've won these games, of course, game one did really feel like a miracle. But the way we won game four... We should have won it earlier, and we were able to bounce back, be resilient, and then five was dominant. This is showing me a lot of potential, and I'm really, really excited to watch, of course, the end of this series, the end of this playoff run. Um, we're going to be back, do another episode. Uh, you know, Hopefully, I'm back after thir- tomorrow night's game, and I'm talking about uh, our next round series. But if not, we're going to have to wait for a Game 7. I'm going to be sweating the entire time but you know anything can happen in a game seven but let's hope it doesn't have to go there i don't want to speculate too much but just wanted to come on here get a little update get back to action because this is the most exciting time as a sixers fan in a very very long time maybe even ever for me personally so 
Hope you guys are ready for the ride. I know I sure am. The MVP is back. James Harden is back. Tyrese Maxey is back. Tobias Harris is carrying his weight. P.J. Tucker is anchoring the team. And Doc Rivers is looking for his second NBA championship as a head coach. And I hope it happens, obviously. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, make sure you keep trusting that process.